This is an ABC podcast. Can you be more Pacific? On ABC Radio Australia. I'm Dean Hartel and welcome to Can You Be More Pacific? Talking all things sport across the Pacific. I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Sarah Nangama. Sarah, welcome. Bola Dean, it's so fabulous to be back for another week of our fantastic show. We have a lot coming up in the next hour, but before we get stuck into it, we always have to ask, how has your week been? Week's been pretty good. The kids are on holidays, school holidays, so um, it's it's good to have days where you don't have to worry about getting up for school work. I still got to do my normal work, but it's not having to double up and do their work as well with them. So that's been really good. Weather was great last weekend, yes. so um, made the most of some um, reductions in restrictions. Got out and had a picnic and um, spent some time in the sun. The kids love that. So yeah. Life is good. How about yourself, Sarah? What's the story this week? What's the story this week? Okay, I do got a story. I do have a story for you. So last week I was uh, lucky enough to be able to join commentary team to cover the rugby championships, and um, so we're in this studio building, and I kind of walk in and I'm pretty hopeless. Like it's pretty ridiculous to think, but I'm so hopeless at taking a mask with me wherever I go. I swear I put it in my bag, but when I need to find it, I can't find it. So I walk into reception. And I asked the security guard, oh, can I please have a face mask? He's like, absolutely. So he gives it to me. And I think I just kind of like slide it in my back pocket. I'm like, yeah, sweet. Thanks, man. And like go upstairs. And then when I finished for the night, came back downstairs and he was like, I got an email about you. And I was like, me? And he's like, yes. I was like, oh my goodness. What was the email? Like the cameras picked you up without a, without a mask. And, you know, we, we got a bit of a heads up about you walking around without a mask. I was like, oh. And then I got so scared because, you know, I, I, I'm no better than the law. I don't live above the law, you know? So I was a little bit embarrassed because I'm like, this is only like my third time here and there are emails circulating about me and I guess my, uh, my law-breaking face. I don't think that's going to cost you a gig, but I think your talent will do the speaking for itself. And yeah, God, I hope a little, so. little oversight. You're putting it out there now anyway. It was yeah. an accident. But other than that, as you said, at the beginning of the week, the weather was absolutely stunning. And the Wallabies got up and we're going to delve into that a little bit later. But you know what? Week's traveling good. Did you get any, um, any, any new things you're trying, any new hobbies? Because you've done skateboarding. That didn't <laughs> end up so well, even though you wanted to try it at the Olympics. Um, you've been training a bit. Is there any other hobbies oh, you've started? Oh, yes, 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 yes. So you know me. Always about a new hobby. So got some new rollerblades. Roller skates, actually. Roller skates. Roller skates. Roller skates. Old school. Old school. They're so pretty. They're aqua and pink. And because I knew that I was going to try them out um, last weekend, I put on my cute denim play suit so that I could like give myself Katy Perry, uh, sorry, Katy Perry, California girl kind of vibe, put on my like cute new blue glasses. And I was just like Bambi and Coogee. It was amazing. <laughs> Bambi and Coogee. So yeah, I'm like, you know, I'm ticking all the boxes. I'm pretty much just like jack of all trades, master of none at the moment. So I'm yes. to get myself some roller skates. Get around it. It's so underrated. Great. (laughs) (laughs) What do we got coming up in the next hour? Coming up in the next hour, we take a look back at the weekend in sport. We're going to replay one of our favorite interviews that took place recently. And we have a new question for our favorite segment. You can ask that. I'm looking forward to everything we've got coming up. But first, I want to dive into the rugby, as you mentioned. Mm. A really good weekend for the Wallabies. Wasn't it a fabulous weekend? So the Wallabies had the Springboks and they defeated them 30 to 17. This game was um, pretty important for the Wallabies in order to at least be in contest for the rugby championship title. But more so, they had put 
on a huge win over the Springboks the week prior. And as we know, the Springboks are the current world champs because they won the World Cup in 2019. So, you know, they put it over the Springboks and everyone was saying, oh my goodness, like the Wallabies are sensational, but the real challenge is, can they back it up? Can they make winning a habit? And the boys absolutely did that in Queensland over the weekend. There were tries to Ikatao, he crossed the line twice, and Korumbete loved it because Korumbete, as we know and as we've seen throughout the Test Series, our guy's been disallowed a couple of tries, so it was pretty cool to see him do that. They were also contesting for the Mandela Plate, which Australia has retained, and that's a title I believe they've, and I stand corrected on this, they've been able to retain it like 11 of the 17 seasons that it's been contested. So that's pretty huge. But I want to make a special mention to Tania Latupo. Did you see that, I guess, that try assist that he set up for Marika? Yeah, I've seen it, – it's funny. Last week we, we spotlighted his uh, little joke about wanting to play number 10. <laughs> yes. And he puts his skills on display with that, that TA, as you mentioned, the try assist. And uh, it, was, it was freakish talent, eh? It's for a big man to move that well – and then come up with that sort of that sleight of hand was impressive. It was so cool, and he earns his first. Uh, he earns sorry his first starting jersey. Alan Alatola, who usually dons the number three jersey, returned back to Sydney to be with his wife, who is currently um, pregnant. So you know he got his first call up, and boy, he absolutely proved himself in that jersey. So really looking forward to what the boys can do, and they have Argentina this week which will be a huge, huge task for them. But, man, the Wallabies are just travelling so good and it's so great to see um, Australian fans really get around them again. I agree. It's very positive for uh, rugby in Australia. The other result, uh, you mentioned Argentina. They had their second up against the All Blacks. 36-13 to 13 was the final score. Once again, the All Blacks proving too dominant. Yes, the All Blacks, they're just all class, aren't they? You know, the week prior, Argentina didn't put any points on the board. So the fact that they can put 13 against a strong side like the All Blacks, you know, huge credit to them. But um, what this means for the All Blacks is they now find themselves at the top of the world rugby um, rankings, which is huge because South Africa was obviously set at the top. They've obviously taken two huge L's against the Wallabies. So the All Blacks are there and, you know, I say rightfully so. They're just an incredible team who, pro sorry, who prove themselves week in and week out. And everything seems right now that that's the case. Mm -hmm. Oh, <laughs> I should I should be really I careful with what I agree to. Into that. You went straight into that. <laughs> Over to rugby league. It was week two of the the final series, and there was some. Um, there was a big game on Saturday night. The, the first one on Friday night, the Manly Seagulls against the Roosters, was uh, a pretty lopsided affair. But Roosters, having such a tough year in terms of injuries and, and undermanned and whatnot, they, they still fought to the end, but it was a, a huge performance for Manly, 42 points to six. Tom Trevojevic crossing twice, which has uh, become just a regular thing to mm. see him cross the line. But also Dylan Walker, he's been coming off the bench playing in the middle of the field as a, as a loose forward, and um, he's been really effective the last month and a half. He bagged himself for try. It went like this. That's his way over the 40. Strong run. Finally taken by Egan Butcher. Eight short of halfway. Plays the ball. Comes to the right to power. Then a short ball away. Straight through the middle. Dylan Walker. They're opening up the Roosters. He's got turbo to his left. But he dummies. Goes all the way himself. Dylan Walker. There's still 32 and a half to go. But this game's over. There's still 32 minutes to go, but this game's over. I love that. The sass. You sounded exactly like him then. Oh, my goodness. I love listening to That's Maureen. the next thing for you. Well, you've, you're doing the radio show. You've done some um, expert paneling for rugby. Play-by-play is next. You've got to call play-by-play. Wow, that's a huge step up. I'll have to I'll take some up. notes from you because, like, you're, you're the king at it, I reckon. But can I just mention, this game, you tipped Manly. I tipped Roosters. You won. I lost. <laughs> 
Well, well, actually, I didn't lose. The Roosters lost. The Roosters lost, yeah. <laughs> that was pretty unfortunate, though, because I did catch um majority of that game. And when Manly crossed over for, for the first time, there was no stopping them. No, there was, there was no stopping them. They looked too strong. A shout-out to Marty Tapao. That was his 200th game in the NRL, former teammate of mine. and um, a Unit. Really, yeah, he's a unit. He's massive. But huge achievement for him to hit 200 games. The Saturday night game, as I mentioned before, was a bit of a cracker. The Panthers beat the Eels 8-6. Uh, what a tough game. This was like end-to-end, yeah. very physical, and it's and it didn't stop for 80 minutes. It was just in each other's faces, which is different to what we've experienced this year in terms of scoreline and free-flowing footy and um, and yeah, tries scored. 8-6, only two tries in, in the whole game, one to each team. It was a really big game. Yes, this game was truly the Battle of the West. We both tipped the Eels, but unfortunately the Panthers, who have shown throughout the season that they can, they can show up in the moments that matter most. So... It's a bye-bye to the Eels for the 2021 season and the Panthers move forward. They move forward and they played their game without Brian To'o, who's been huge for them mm. um, this season. He is listed in the extended bench this weekend for their game against the Melbourne Storm. So that'll be a huge in huge. if he's able to play. I have to uh, ask, were the Eels robbed? The Eels were potentially robbed on some decisions. The, I think... It was a tight contest, and if you went back through the game, there'd be decisions that go either way, but there was a couple of things that were picked up um, by a lot of people, acknowledged by the NRL that they were misses. It was a, uh, uh, Mitch Moses was supporting a break down the right edge, one of their only breaks they got in the game, and he was held back by Jerome Luai, and it should have been a penalty. The NRL has said that, so that was one that was missed, um, and also a, a Panthers trainer who stopped play outside the normal processes, yeah. which has also been picked up. He's been subsequently fined and, and stood down for the remainder of the season from his duties. Um, Do you reckon he's sad or he's like, oh, I don't really care, my boys are going oh, no, I think he's. I think he'd be uh, pretty sad to miss out on doing that uh, for your team to be on the field. He's like their orange shirt trainer, so he's in everything. Oh. Um, and, yeah, they, they missed out on winning the grand final this year. They might get a chance this year. He'd want to be a part of that. Unfortunately, he'd be watching from uh, the stands. Brad Arthur wasn't too impressed with uh, some of the decisions that went against his team. Well, there's been a bit of complaining over the last couple of weeks, and they got what they they got what they well, what they were after from the back of the whinging. The coaches have had a lot to say in the press conferences recently. It's been highlighted, but they always say plenty about things that happen in the game. There's been a few that have walked over the line and uh, have been fined as a result, uh, which happens. I reckon it happens a bunch of times every year. Um, but yeah, he was referring to the little back and forth that coach Ivan Cleary from the Panthers and uh, <laughs> Wayne Bennett had the previous week about yeah. pressuring referees through their comments and, and, and whatnot. But you've just got to assume that referees are very impartial and they adjudicate whatever they see in front of them. I'm always sticking up for referees. You're I? always sticking up for the referees and I love to see it and I love to hear it. Someone's got to Someone do it, Someone has to. No, no one else does. Like, literally no one sticks up for himself. Standing so. in the gap, Dean Hallertown, my media bestie, man of integrity, guys. You heard it here first. Let's jump over to New Zealand. Yes. Our friend Tiana Metterell, she made her debut for the Silver Ferns last weekend, which was incredible. The Silver Ferns beat the England Roses 48 to 42 in Christchurch. It is the first of three tests, which is huge. Um, she's the daughter of the former Silver Fern captain and coach, Wai Taumanu. And she was incredible. She shot 17 of her 19 goals that she attempted, um, which I believe equals 90% accuracy. Good maths on the run. Oh, you know, there's, Google will do that to you. <laughs> Google will do that to you. But it's an incredible thing. Yeah, we've been following her, her uh, progress in the domestic competition over in New Zealand, and she got the MVP for the game as well. 90% shooting rate's pretty impressive. And her first, uh, her first test cap. 
becomes MVP. Like, could you ask for a better game? Just, yeah, it's just easy. Showing peace. She's, she's got a huge future. We'd love to see it. Well done, Tiana. And in the NFL, we, we started um, talking about the NFL last week, as we, we spoke about. I've become a little bit of a fan because of friends around me playing Fantasy League, a bit of a nerd thing, but I, I've got You're a bit of a nerd, Dean. I'm a nerd. I'll put my hand up. I'm a nerd. Yes. I went from playing in one competition to now being in four, so I watch it a little <laughs> bit intently. How good. Um, but yeah, the round two, week two, they call them week two, not rounds over there in, in the States. It, it took part, um, took place this week, and uh, there was some... Probably some upsets or not, not really. Um, yeah, not really. I'm looking at the results. There weren't any upsets. <laughs> but Mixed bag of results. Mixed bag of results. We are trying to keep track of some of the Pacifica players that are over there in the NFL. Uh, we mentioned Tua Tungavailoa. He's a quarterback for the Miami Dolphins. He's uh, into his second season. And we were saying how promising he is as a, as a bright future prospect as a quarterback. Unfortunately, he got injured early in their game against the Buffalo Bills. He had to leave the field and ended up getting smashed 35-0. So I'm going to say it's a direct result of him not being on the field. They got smashed. Uh, Other results that we're keeping an eye on, Jordan Mailata, the left tackle for the Philadelphia Eagles. Left side. Left side. Strong strong side. side. They went down 17 to 11, unfortunately, to San Francisco 49ers. So a close one for them, but um, didn't get the job done. And I will mention the last game of the round, Monday Night Football, was Detroit Lions versus the Green Bay Packers. Now, Green Bay suffered a big loss in, uh, in week one, mm-hmm. so they needed to bounce back, and they did it in uh, week good two. fashion. Week two, 35 points to 17. Aaron Jones, their running back, scored four touchdowns. So wow. that's massive uh, from him. That's your team, isn't it, Dean? Green Bay's my team, yeah. That's a huge result. Do you have any apparel of Green Bay? I've got an Aaron Rodgers jersey that I got like in 2000. And it's just so I'm not like a... Blow in. I got it in 2011, I think, or 12. Love that. So I've been around so for you're a, a little while. Yeah, yeah. So, well, I look forward to hearing the week three results. Week three results. That's <laughs> it. You're already on top of it. Well, better mate, than I am. I can speak NFL. Left side, strong side, week three, we're on. Yep. Talanoa time on Can You Be More Pacific? On this show, we are incredibly lucky to speak to some pretty sensational athletes, administrators um, who are of Pacific Heritage. There was one interview that we did earlier this year with South Sydney player Tane Mill, which was an absolute cracker and our listeners really enjoyed. So we thought, as a treat, we'd bring it back this week. So today for Talanoa Time, we're joined by... Uh, Tane Milne, South Sydney Rabbitoh, tri-scoring machine on the wing. Uh, he's 26 years old, born in Auckland, but moved to Redfern. So he's playing for the team uh, where he lived as a youngster uh, and he's yep. making waves on an edge now for the South Sydney Rabbitohs, doing a great job. Tane, welcome to Can You Be More Pacific? Oh, thank you for having me, mate. Oh, happy to be here. Life's a little bit different for you guys at the moment, but we're going to break the ice. Says is going to get into something with you. Tyler, it's so great to have you. What we like to do with the guests on the show is we go through a quick 60-second um, kind of questionnaire, and basically what we want you to do is just say the first answer that comes to mind. It's called Tip On. It'll be super cruisy. Oh, yeah. Sound good? Yeah, sounds good. Sounds good. All right, the clock is on. Which is better, the book or the movie? The movie. What have you been reading, watching, or listening to lately? Uh, music. <laughs> <laughs> great. What was your first concert? Uh, I don't know my first one. Stick sixty came to my head, so love. Who was your most annoying teammate? Uh, probably Cody Walker. <laughs> Do you have a hidden talent? 
Like, not really, no. <laughs> What's your go-to karaoke song? Nah, rubbish at karaoke. <laughs> <laughs> You're being too humble in this one. On a scale of one to ten, how good are you at keeping secrets? Eight. Mm, questionable. What was your favourite movie as a kid? Um, Where's Wally? What's something you could eat for a week straight? Wait, is it Where's Wally? I forgot. <laughs> Pretty sure that's a book, but it's okay. <laughs> it's all right. What's something you could eat for a week straight? Uh, rice. Rice, yes. What would you have with your rice? Don't say tuna. Chicken, chicken. Yes, love chicken that. Curry, chicken curry rice. So 660 is the first concert that you've been to? Nah, what? it's not the first concert, but that is the concert that came to my head. That's the first, nice the first one you could remember, right? Yeah, okay. What's so. your favourite yeah, yeah. 660 tune? Um, I like all the songs, eh? I like, I like um, Special. Yeah. Special's good, yeah. yeah. That's, that's song, yeah. Um, uh, only to be like all the all the all the original like that. Yeah, the first good, man. Oh, yeah. Got good taste in music, my guy. What about yeah. Cody Walker as an annoying teammate? What does he do? That's really, like he's <laughs> he's a bit of a pest on the field to other opposition mm. players. Oh, just ask Lockton Lewis, but um, yeah, what does he yeah, do yeah. around training? Oh, he just grabs like the back of your hairs and the back of your legs and that. <laughs> <laughs> Or you're just like walking along and you're just coming like the scream in your ears. It's just annoying. Like, <laughs> That's pretty funny. Thing. I think he's supposed to be like... you, you always need some of them in your team. So there's a couple. There's Adam Reynolds as well is a bit of a pest. So. It's something we're around house. But those two are supposed to be like the senior players in the team, the, the, like the leaders and the yeah, dads and, and that, you know. So, yeah. oh, anyway. They are, they are. They're lucky they're coming up on the field otherwise. <laughs> I love it. Well, just speaking yeah. about rugby league, I, we are so intrigued to know a little bit more about you and your career. And we want to take it straight to the beginning. So how did you get involved in rugby? Well, so um, I grew up in New Zealand and uh, obviously my, my whole family played and I think it just followed through there and all, all the neighbours and uncles and cousins just playing. I started playing when I was three. So uh, yeah, just mum chucked me in there and uh, yeah, here I am now. Growing up, was rugby league the only sport that you played? Our uh, rugby league was in the winter, and then in the summer we played uh, softball. Uh, New hey. Zealand. Was, yes, softball. Uh, first it was t-ball, and then we got a bit older, went into softball. So I would have yeah, never guessed that. Yeah, and then um, when I moved over here, I um, started playing union as well. So the game went to union school. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us yeah. about. <laughs> Tell us about the move over to Australia. When did you move over? What was, um, I guess, the reason behind the family coming over? Yeah, um, so mum just uh, decided one year just to pack up the stuff, and obviously it's a bit of a bit of a uh, I wouldn't say hard life is it's pretty normal to um, the way we grew up in New Zealand, but just for a better life, um, she just yeah we just in 2007 I was 12 uh, moved over to Sydney and it's been been awesome. Probably wouldn't be here today if we didn't move here. I don't know. We could be could be doing other things, and um, I don't know. Yeah, so mum mum brought us over here. That's really awesome. I just want to touch a little bit on your family. I know that you're of um, Maori and Fiji and background. Um, yep. Are you deeply connected to your roots one more than the other? Or um, could you uh, share yeah, a little yeah. bit about that? Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm really connected to my Maori side. Um, my, my Fiji side is not so much. Um, pretty disappointing. But um, my um, my grandfather is from Fiji and oh, I haven't really had much to do with him. I still haven't met him or, yeah, so... Not really uh, that strong in those lines, but the, the Maori side of it is obviously. I always go back to New Zealand and see my great my great grandmother. She's still she's still kicking out on the farm there. So yeah. Well, I suppose though, with uh, even though you say that you're not 
as connected to your Fijian side as yet. You've still been able to represent Fiji at the international level. Surely that was yeah. a great experience and, and something that you could, I guess, get that little bit more of a connection that you, you might be looking for. Yeah, mate, um, that, that was awesome. The first time I, I represented Fiji was, I think it was 2016. And that camp was probably one of the, it was the best, it wasn't probably, it was the best camp I've, I've ever, ever been involved with in the rugby league. And, um, you know, now, now that every year that comes around, I'm, I'm happy to put my hand up and play for him. It's, it's just a proud moment. I uh, played, played in the World Cup there and uh, beat New Zealand in front of my in front of my family there watching in Wellington. And that was the, probably the most special moment from my, my career so far. That's really cool to hear. And I just want to touch a little bit more on your Fiji Batia experience. Um, I've yep. definitely witnessed you in action with the boys and um, quite like Kevin and Wes, when they come out of camp, they always speak about how special it is. What is so special about Fiji Bati camp? I think it's just the, just the vibes you get in the camp. Like it's, it's, it's I don't know. It's, it's hard to explain. Like it's, um, it's so special. Like you wake up in the morning and you get a devotion, and you're playing cards, and you're in the room, you're mucking around, pranking each other. We've got all the everyone in the team are all jokesters. It's just, it's just <laughs> like nothing, nothing serious. But then when we get on the field, like you know, you know, you're gonna turn up for your brother beside you, and that's the best thing about it. Like I think the games are good, all good, but the experiences in camp is, is what's special to me. That's it's something that we see often when we when we watch a Fiji inside play is, is how connected yeah. everyone is and it does look like a, a family that, that comes together to play uh, in, in a test match. Do you have a your sight set on the World Cup? Is that something that you're hoping to yeah, be part yeah. of? Um, I'm definitely I'm really excited. I've put my hand up, so uh, yeah, fingers crossed. And I've spoke to a few of the boys um, from other clubs, and they're they're also happy to play as well. So you know, it should be an awesome experience. I can't wait. I've been I've been to England before, and uh, that was just well, while I, was at, while I was at school and it was an unreal experience and I can't, I can't imagine what it's going to be like with all those boys there. So cool. Well, you're certainly doing yourself uh, no harm in the way that you're playing at the moment because you are, as I said earlier, you're, you're doing a great job on the wing for the, the Rabbitohs and uh, scoring tries are plenty. You're actually the good luck charm for the Rabbitohs. You haven't lost a game yet as a, a, a Rabbitoh. Yeah, so I was talking to some of the boys um, last night and I was telling them, I was like, mate, you know, because I haven't actually lost the NRL game since 2017. Yeah, because I only played one game in um, 2019. I got done my ACL, so I was out for last year. And then, um, yeah, so it's it's pretty amazing. But just thinking, I haven't been in a team so successful, but now it's um, taking it with both hands. It's pretty special when you win games. It's often um, joked about in our studio that uh, I haven't lost a game. Oh, yeah, I haven't, I haven't lost any games in, in Super Rugby or club for the past for three years. Three years, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for the past Very three years. Record. Um, I can't say the same for our good mate over here, Dean. Um, well, I haven't played for five years, so. But, but like we said, <laughs> no bad days, just character building That's days, right, right Dean? Yeah. <laughs> Um, I just want to bring, yeah, based um, off what Dean was talking to you about and I guess all the yep. success you've experienced so far in the NRL, do you have a game day ritual? Uh, not really game day ritual. I, I, I listen to the same songs. It's weird. Like, uh, just before I go out, I listen to a song. What's the song? It, just sort of, it sort of pumps me up. It's um, Dilemma by Kelly Rowland. No, it's a 660 song. I don't know why, but it just makes me like, think about, like, um, I don't know, just what I... I, I listen to it and I think about what my job is, and then I, that, that's that's probably the superstition. I, I listen to that song before I, 
before I turned the phone off. Is it the greatest? That's the song I was yeah, thinking. No, yeah. No, no, no. It's not the greatest. Oh. Um, Don't forget your roots. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It is. It is. It is. It is? Yes. It's because oh. yeah, I, I think like I think about other things, and then I think about my job after that. So yeah. That's it's, not, it's not a big pump up song, but it gets me thinking. No, it's got messages like, in it, but that's good. Yeah. Yeah. That's really solid. Tyler, yeah. it's been so special to speak to you, but before we wrap things right. up, I guess for any of our young listeners that are listening in and also really look up to you, do you have any advice for them? Uh, just, just probably advice that as I got told, uh, just don't give up. Don't give up on your dreams and, uh, you know, just hard work, uh, dedication, and you'll get you, you'll get what you want. So, yeah. Spoken like a true legend. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Tiny Amelia. Sorry, I just completely said your, your surname incorrectly. Let me do that again. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Tiny Mill. He is a Rabbitohs player and it's been so special to have you on Can You Be More Pacific and we wish you all the best. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you for having me. That was Tane Milne. It was great to have him on board, and he's having a great season. He's made his way to another club at the South Sydney Rabbitohs and really enjoying what he brings to that team on a fairly star-studded backline. So, well done, Tane. You can ask that. Your chance to ask what it's really like to be an elite athlete on Can You Be More Pacific? Dean, we're back with another week of You Can Ask That. For listeners who are tuning in for the first time, this is basically our favourite segment because it gives us the opportunity to answer any questions that are sent through. So if you've got a question um, that you've ever wanted to ask either a current or a former athlete, me being current, Dean being former but very much effective still in his post-footy career, um, you can send it through to ABC Sport on Twitter or to Sarah Nangama or Dean Hallitow on Instagram. Dean, did you enjoy that intro? Yeah. That's all I've got. Former. Well, former. Former, but still very much effective. I'm like half a decade. I want to say it like that because it sounds bigger. I'm half a decade retired. Half a decade. Five years. Yeah, five years retired. Quick math can count. Yeah. Love that for me. So, Dean, this week I received a question in my Instagram DM and it was actually for you. Someone... Messaged you to ask me the question. Pretty much. They went to you because they knew I probably wouldn't check it because I'm useless on my socials. Yeah, basically. Have you downloaded the app like we asked you to? Yeah. Have you logged into your Instagram? It doesn't work. I'm on Nokia, but. <laughs> Mate, all I'm saying is you need to get with the time and no, no, be I, more active on your Insta. It's activity. I just don't, I just, you know, I don't really um, do much with it. Yeah, I know. I'd have it. I just don't do much with it. It's because you've got bigger things. Let's get to the question. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. (laughs) So this week's question was submitted by Cruz Vandre and his question was, Dean, which Fijian or Fijians have you enjoyed playing with or against? It's a good question and it's not something I've really thought about before, but straight away, one player that jumps to mind that I really enjoy playing with is your brother, Kevin Nangama. Really? Yeah. Are you just saying that because he's my brother? No, no, no. He, like, I played the last few years of my career with Kevin. So at the Tigers and, and we actually, we hung out a little bit together at training and talked quite a bit. And I started calling him little brother. He called Aww. me old bull. So that was something that we had going between us. And, um, he was just a, like a really good guy. I don't have to sell it, sell it to you. You know what he's about. Maybe he, he fooled me. I don't know, but he was just this really good guy that, uh, had an immaculate body. He was, <laughs> he's a hate fit a t-shirt. Dude. Yeah. Hates a t-shirt. He always just had his shirt off and he was working on his guns. But, um, yeah, no, he was just a good guy to be around, so I really enjoyed spending time with him. Players, Fijian players that I love playing against, and I loved and hated playing against him because he was so hard to play against, but uh, Petro, Sivna Siva, he was unbelievable. He was 
What was it about him on the field that made him such a formidable player? He just worked hard nonstop. And anyone that's played with him that I know has said that he was the best guy to be around because he's just such a polite, humble guy. Um, but he also worked extremely hard. And he was that way as a, as a middle forward, a front rower. Um, he was hard. Like, I hated tackling him. I hated running into him, so I never really did. I'd try to avoid him and stay clear of him. Put your late footwork on at the line. Yeah. Well, yeah. Not even really have late. I just run a big arc away from him. Um, but, yeah, and I have so much respect for him as a player as well. Like, he's got a really good standing in the game. Played a few test matches against him when I was playing, and I was playing hooker in the middle of the field, so he just kept running at me all game. I was a spot player. Running him, okay. Um, so, yeah, he's my favourite to play against. That's pretty cool. Just on that, what other play? Like, you would have played – um, like I'm just thinking about some big Fijian names. Jared Haynes, you would have played against played him? Played against him. Oh, gee, he smashed me a few times actually as well. <laughs> so I've been on the receiving end of a lot of Fijians, good good football. And I'm sure they would say we were also on the receiving end of some of uh, nah. Dean Hallitow's barnstorming runs in the middle of the field. Not really, nah. <laughs> uh Semi Renradra. Semi? Yeah. Fast. He was just a handful and like hard too, like you try and tackle him and he's still running. 30 metres behind you because you didn't really tackle him. That is so funny. And did you get the opportunity to play against Uppy? Uppy Corusa? Yeah, I did, yeah. yeah. I played a few games against him. Uh, Suliasi Vunavalu, I played against him as well. They did like some really good, I'm rattling off a few names here. No, I love it. Lottie, Lottie as well. That's iconic. Yeah, yeah. What was it like playing against him? Actually, he was, um, like, and he's such a big guy, right? So yeah. as a winger, when he came in, he was such a handful. But I actually broke his arm in the <gasps> game. I didn't, actually, his teammate, Adam Blair, broke his arm. Yeah. I made a like a half break and then Lottie's come across to cover tackle and he's tackled me and then Adam Blair's come the other way to tackle <gasps> as well. So they clashed. And jammed his arm in between us and he's broken his arm. So sorry, Lottie. <laughs> I still I still see him every now and then. He's a good he's a good dude. I'm 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 intrigued now, so now I'm asking you a couple more questions okay. after the main question. What are some, I guess, um, consistent characteristics you see of Fijian people that you've played with or against? Um well athleticism, like speed and, and power. Like a lot of the guys that I've, I've mentioned were just powerful and really hard to tackle. And then that top end speed as well, that once they get in the clear, it's like, oh, yeah. I'm not chasing. I'll leave that to someone else to, to do because <laughs> yeah, cool. I'm, I'm no chance. But yeah. And like Petro different because he's a, a front rower. I didn't have that, that top end speed, but he was just like powerful, really hard to sort of handle. Yeah. Hurt. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love what to about, hear it. What about... The question reverse for you, Sarah. What? Who are the, some Fijians that you've enjoyed playing with and playing against? Well, currently there aren't a lot of Fijian women playing, um, but one that I'm very fortunate to play alongside is Iliseva Batibasanga. She is the current halfback for the Wallaroos, Waratahs, and also at Sydney Uni. So we pretty much play all of our football together. She's a, like she <laughs> she doesn't like it the term veteran. I think it's something like queen. I think she likes, I don't know. I forget the terminology that she likes, but basically she's been around the game for ages. She's represented Australia, both sevens and fifteens. Um, and she's just someone who leads by example. And to me, that's like the best thing is like, you don't have to have the loudest voice in the change rooms, but you lead by the way that you train first and foremost, yeah. and then the way that you play. So she has like my utmost respect and like, I, it's not lost on me um, how special it is to play with someone of her caliber. And yeah, I just, I love it. Like she's one of my really close friends as well, but I just, I look up to her. And fun fact is that how I started playing rugby was when I was in school. So that was back in 2011. Illy at the time was part of the Aussie Sevens program, which just 
became a full-time profession. So she came into my school to present about like one day you could be an Australian representative. And here I am like 16 years old, like monobrow, like whatever, like life is just amazing as a, as a teenager. And then I go on to play some pretty special football and leave some pretty cool trophies with her. So yeah, to me, she'll always be a standout. So she inspired you on that day. She did. Yeah. Well, I thought I was going to the Olympics. As you know, I'm still trying to find my way, whether it's through tech ball or, get there. or through skateboarding, but we'll get there. But yeah, she's, that's, that's my pick anyways. I like that. That's a good one. Yeah. If you have any questions that you want to send through, remember to send them through to ABC Sport on Twitter or to Sarah Nangama or Dean Hullatow on Instagram. And yeah. Dean promises to answer you this time. Yeah. I'll check my DMs. <laughs> I'll check my IMs. <laughs> Can you be more Pacific on ABC Radio Australia? Oh my God. Can you be more Pacific? Talking all things sport across the Pacific. Coming up next, we tackle the tough headlines in the Bruck. We have new music from a local artist and we take a gaze at our favourite socials from this past week. Pacific, keeping it social. That part of the show where I excel, keeping it social. Where you excel? Yeah. I love that. You you were made for social media. Yeah, I, I was. Say this with me. Social media is for me. Social media is for me. Say it like you believe it. Say it with conviction. It's hard. I'm trying to keep my kids <laughs> off social media. And then, yeah, and it's a bit conflicting. So they're like, Dad, why are you on Instagram? Like, they don't talk like that, by the way. <laughs> What do you got, Sis? What's your, your favourite social media from this week? My favourite social media for this week comes from the Wallabies Instagram account. As we know, the boys have gone from Brisbane and they are now in Townsville where they're set to play their next round of the rugby championships. Upon arrival, they were welcomed by the local Indigenous community and I just thought it was such a beautiful display um, of what it means to be Australian but also just like spreading the game and um, being so warmly received by um, the land that you're playing on. So it went a little like this. That is nice. Isn't it? It's yeah. really special. I think it's like we spoke about this at the start of the show when reviewing the, the weekend in sport. It's great that rugby is starting to get a bit more attention and um, no doubt the people of Townsville were grateful to have. Um, they've had a, a few events on this year, but grateful to have international test fixtures played up there. Yeah, it's really special. And I think we should never take those moments for granted because it's um, yeah, just such a beautiful display of, of culture and connection. That's for me. What about you? Uh, my one comes from, I've been banging on about the NFL. That's been my, that's my new thing, my flavor of the month. And uh, there was a, an interview done by a player for the Detroit Lions. His name is Jamal Williams. He was actually let go by the Green Bay Packers. Your uh, team. Just recently, yeah. And um, he was very philosophical about being let go. And <laughs> the way that he approached it, I just enjoy, I enjoy listening to him talk. He's got like a, a I don't know if it's a Southern accent. I, I don't know much about different accents in, mm-hmm. in America. But um, yeah, he just was... Pretty laid back about it all, understands that it happens, and uh, yeah, really entertaining guy. This is how it went. They didn't want me, like that ex-girlfriend, shoot, I got to go. But, you know, I got a rebound, it was the Lions, they picked me up, you know what I mean? Now they feeding me good, taking me to dinners, you know what I mean? Another man's treasure, another man's treasure. So, 
but I'm not nah, I'm just I'm just having fun man I'm just it's part of life you know you're gonna have those type of rejections you're gonna get turned down you're gonna get you know people ain't gonna want you but when you get your shot an opportunity again from somebody who will give you your shot you know you just gotta take that opportunity be grateful for it and make it count Oh my God, he is so hilarious. Yeah, he's done a bunch of interviews. I sort of started going a bit down the rabbit hole after I watched this one and um, he's done a bunch of interviews where he just, he's so laid back and really endearing to, to the people asking him the questions. So Jamal Williams has got a new fan in me. Um, yeah. I want to see Unfo- more of him. Unfortunately, they got smashed by the Green Bay Packers, as I mentioned. They're taking me to dinners. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was incredible. Very good line. In the run, tackling the tough headlines in sport on Can You Be More Pacific? This week in the Ruck, we have a couple of headlines to tackle. Not all too negative, but the first one we'll start with is the West Tigers head coach, uh, Maguire, who has who survives another season. Yeah, Michael Maguire, he, is, he has actually two years to run his contract. So there's been a lot of noise all year about how disappointing the season has been for the club. It's been a disappointing period for the Tigers over the last probably five or six years. Um, he's had a really tough time and it's been a, not a great coaching record for him. But after their final round loss to the Bulldogs, which was pretty disappointing in terms mm. of effort, there's a lot of noise saying that the board's going to meet, they're doing a review, he's going to get sacked. That's been all the outside or external noise coming from media and whatnot. Um, the news came out on Tuesday that the club's going to stick with him. They're bringing in Tim Sheen's former coach to be a coaching director. They're going to restructure the footy department. So that's the the way forward for the Tigers in the short term, I guess, or at least for next season. So we'll wait and see how that plays out. Hopefully next season, the Tigers experience a little bit more success than what they've had, um, I guess, over the past two years. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Anyway. Heading north to Queensland, and the North Queensland Cowboys have recruited two Fijians into their squad. Yes, this is incredible news. Olympic gold medalist Asefa Masakal and Fijian rugby seven star Tani Lelisandjungu will join the North Queensland Cowboys for the 2022 NRL season. Um, both of them, they will head into North Queensland for preseason, which I believe is due to start in November, um, and will train alongside the boys. This is huge because. For instance, Masi, he was part of the Fijian squad who took out gold at the Tokyo Olympics. Um, he also scored a try in their opening pool match against Japan. So, you know, the guy knows how to find the white line. And Sanjungu, who was a flanker in rugby, um, will train alongside the Cowboys as a forward. So I just love hearing stories like this because, you know, these boys both got exposure at the Olympics. They get identified from a completely different code, um, but then they're given the opportunity. So, you know, what this means for their family, what this means for their livelihood, what me- what this also means for, I guess, their individual legacy is, um, is pretty special. It is special and wish them luck up there at the Cowboys uh, another Fijian that was identified by the Cowboys a few years ago now, Viliami Kikau, he's gone yes. on to bigger and better things. So um, hopefully they can follow a similar sort of path in the NRL and uh, get an opportunity to create some careers. But it doesn't stop there for good news for rugby players out of Fiji. No, it doesn't. So as we mentioned last week on the show, Fiji and Drua is one of the two teams that are set to join the Super Rugby Pacific competition, which will launch next year. This is huge because with Fiji and Drua's inclusion means more players, you know, from home soil um, are given the opportunity to to ball out on a um, pretty big stage. Yep. First of those players being Olympic gold medalist Napoleon Bolava. He is joined by Namani Nungasa, Simeone Curvoli, Tevite Canavere, and Onisi Ritave. Man, 
that gave me a bit of a workout. I've got to really familiarize myself with how to say my own names. But it's pretty incredible. These five boys are the first five players that have been identified for the Fijian Jura um, side. More team, uh, sorry, more names are due to be released over the coming weeks. But pretty exciting. That's your first crack at saying those names. You, Were you impressed? Yeah, I was impressed, and you have to get used to it when you're calling those games play-by-play play next year, <laughs> Super Rugby. You heard it here first. I will be calling play-by-play play throughout the Super Rugby Pacific competition because my media bestie said I can. <laughs> well, it's great news. It's, uh, as you say, it's good to see more opportunities coming on the international stage, uh, on, that, on that big stage, I should say. And a Rugby Sevens legend, he's, he's got to be up there as one of the... Oh, everyone grew up wanting to be a little bit like Sarevi. So he's helping rugby abroad with Jamaica and their sevens team. Yes. So for some context, Waisale Sarevi, who is a rugby sevens legend in Fiji. He's a god. He is. Rugby god. Yes, he is. He is currently with the men's Jamaican sevens team in Vancouver. Um, he's helping them train. He's helping them prepare. And when he talked to media earlier this week, um, when asked, I guess, what his future would look like, particularly if he's helping out the Jamaican side, he basically said that if he got given the opportunity to to come on board with their coaching team, he would receive it with open arms and it's all because of his love for rugby. Uh, the opportunity, the opportunity is there again. For me, anything for rugby. Anything. Always give back to rugby. If this is where I'm going for the next couple of months, next couple of years helping Jamaica, why not? Uh, if, you are, if you are the best coach in the world, you help uh, tier two teams get to the next level. That is what I'm trying to do. If given the opportunity, at the moment I'm just here to help in, help in this tournament. Starting on Monday, we started to train. But hey, if the opportunity comes, I would love to help all these small teams. I'm with Jamaica and I'm looking for. They have the talent. They have everything to become the best uh, to, to compete in that level. The only thing they need good coaching and good training. Do you reckon he's out there with them? On the field, just showing them some moves still? No doubt. Yeah. No doubt. It's, it would be huge. I mean, as you said, if you are in a position where you can help a tier two nation become, you know, even more competitive, why the heck not? And I say, you know what? That's the true Fijian spirit. Always giving back. <laughs> true. Very true. Um, lastly, back onto my uh, sporting flavor of the month, the NFL. So there was a penalty given the other day in a game for taunting. A defender made a tackle and then stood over the player he tackled and... Um, yeah, just taunted him, like made Gave fun him of him some. on the ground. Yeah, and uh, the penalty, uh, sorry, the referee blew a penalty against him for it. Uh, that's so unlucky. That is so unlucky. Do you reckon that's fair? Well, it's new rule that they brought in, I think, in the last couple of seasons. And they have a competition committee in the NFL, what they do in, in most other, sport, other sports. The NRL's got one. And um, one of the rule changes or the rules that they wanted to add into their uh, rule book was uh, the taunting rule because they think it looks poor. It's not great sportsmanship. <laughs> But they don't want to discourage players from having fun. They just don't want it to be in, in bad sportsmanship. I mean, I totally get the reasoning for it. And it's true. Sometimes sometimes when I do watch, I guess, players blow up on the field, I'm like, it's so cringe. Like, yeah. like the year mate. But I don't know. Imagine if that was brought into like NRL. How do you think the boys would respond? Yeah. How would the Kane Evans <laughs> respond to something like that? You know? Yeah, probably with his fist. <laughs> Oh, my friend. Two, twice. My bang, friend. Bang. Double, double. But you know, like, well, there'll be penalties all over the game. A lot of little pats on the head that players give. That's taunting. Yeah. Yeah. 
little patronising news. I mean, good on the NFL for bringing it in. I don't necessarily know how well it would do here in Australia. I think the one that I, the incident that I'm speaking about was very minor as well. Like it was, was like, it nothing. If that's taunting, then there would be probably a, a, maybe another thirty penalties across a, a week of NFL. And also, it's also it's it's completely dependent on how the referee sees it, right? Yeah, it could yeah. be a nothing, but he'd be like, "No, nah, that's taunting." Yeah, that's disrespectful and rude. ABC Radio Australia. Can you be more Pacific? Looking forward to sport this week. There are some important matches that are happening, beginning with the NRL. Yeah, the prelims. So last week of finals before next week's GF, and it's going to be... Next week's the grand final. Next week, yeah. It's gone very quickly, Oh, my God. And it's going to be between the winner out of the Rabbitohs and Manly on Friday night or the Storm and Panthers on a Saturday night. Firstly, the Rabbitohs versus the Seagulls. Seagulls bounced back in a big way last week. I don't know who I have. Because I doubted Manly, neck minute win, and South, they're just in hot form at the moment. It's a part of the – everyone says how important it is to have the week off in the final series. So South won week one. They get week two off. They mm. play week three. So they're one game away from the GF. I think at this time of year when everyone's nursing niggles and it's been a long year, the last two years have been long in terms of workload. I think South's having a refreshed weekend. I know Manly were good. I'm tipping Souths. Okay, I'll tip Manly because it's always a little bit fun when we're sitting on okay, different yeah. edges. I'll let you pick the next one first then. Storm versus Panthers. Storm, again, had the week off. Panthers bounce back to, to some sort of form. All that, they, they will be battered from that game against the Eels because it was pretty physical. 100%. I'm definitely tipping the Storm here just because they just they know how to play finals footy and they've shown time and time again that they deserve to be in that final two, you know, on grand final day. The Panthers, you know, I do believe that they will be playing with a fire in their belly. Like this is their last shot. Last shot. <laughs> <laughs> this is their last shot um, to kind of redeem themselves, to put themselves back there because they know what it feels like to fall second best. So, you know, regardless, it's going to be an incredible tough match, but I think the Storm will put Panthers away none night for 2021. No, no. No, no. I'm with you. I think the Storm are going to win. I think everything you said is spot on. They are so good in finals football. They've been great all year. Uh, they beat the Panthers in last year's grand final. They know how to play this this type of, uh, or at this time of the year, I should say. As good as the Panthers are, I just think the Storm having that week um, to recuperate. Brandon Smith comes back from uh, his sore cheek that he copped in week one of the finals. Josh Adokar. Josh Adokar, his hamstring, appears to be on track for him to play as well. So um, that all looks really positive for the Storm. And I tipped them at the start of the year. Oh, I don't know if the start of the year, but I, I tipped them a long while ago that they're going to win the premiership. So I've got to stick with them to be there on grand final day at least. Yes, well said. And don't forget, all NRL games are broadcast live on Radio Australia. It is the home of NRL in the Pacific. Other things to look forward to this weekend, and not just to watch the broadcast and See Sarah giving her opinion on the <laughs> on the couch that you destroyed. <laughs> the rugby, the yes. rugby championships continue this weekend. It sure does. So the All Blacks have the Springboks on Saturday. So actually, I first should say that it's another doubleheader match that's taking place in Townsville. It's incredible. You pretty much sit in your couch and you get two test matches. What more can you ask for? First match being the All Blacks versus Springboks. This will also mark the hundredth test between the two teams. It's pretty incredible when you look at a stat like that because you're like, man, this game's been around for so long and it's going to be here much longer after we all stop playing and leave Earth. 
That's a bit grim, but that's the truth. It's the um, truth. It's the truth. Um, so that's going to be a huge match. I mean, you know, you look at the Springboks and they're a bit of a wounded side. They've just taken two heavy L's against the Wallabies. Um, the All Blacks continuing in hot form, continually dominate the rugby championship. So, you know, I think both sides have a lot to play for. Um, the Springboks have nothing to lose. So hopefully that put a bit of a fly in their belly. And I also just want to mention, on the back of last week's test match against the Wallabies in the box, when a South African coach took to media, he apologized to South Africans because he said that his men were not honoring the jersey. So that's that's deep. So you can expect like a really fiery team yes. this, this Saturday. Yeah, it'll be pretty incredible to watch, to be honest. Um, so that's the first of the doubleheaders. The second is the Wallabies versus Pumas. As we know, the Wallabies are continuing um, in hot form because they've just won their last two games against the current world champs. And the Pumas are also coming off the back of two big losses against the All Blacks. So I guess this is a, I guess if there was a theme for the weekend, it's can you retain your winning title and at the same time don't lose? <laughs> or redemption. For the redemption. That's the, that's what I was basically trying to go for. Retain or redeem. See, you're just so yeah, clever. Yeah. Retain or redeem. Long-winded answer, but. All Blacks. You? Yeah. Who, who, I'll go All Blacks into Wallabies. Okay, I go all black since Wallabies. Well, there we go. There we go. Springboks and Pumas will win. <laughs> <laughs> Another big match this weekend is the AFL Grand Final. It's on Saturday evening, and the NRL actually moved its 7.50 game to 4 p.m. in the afternoon so that our Victorian counterparts aren't, you know, deciding which one to watch, the NRL, Melbourne Storm, or... They can watch it all. The AFL Grand Final, they just go one into the other. Um, but it's the Melbourne Demons up against the Western Bulldogs. This is going to be huge. So exciting. I love that we're at the finals, um, like when finals across all of our codes that we follow on the show. So this will be a pretty good one. I think the Western Bulldogs are going to do it. You're behind the dogs. I'm going to say the Melbourne Demons. They, they cleaned up the uh, minor premiership in the last minute of the last round, wasn't it? Do they kick a goal in the last minute of the last round to win, secure the, the minor premiership? Um, I think they will get the job done. Well, let the best team win. Let them. You can catch that game on ABC Australia TV. Can you be more Pacific on ABC Radio Australia? That's all we have time for, unfortunately. But we'll be back again, same time, same place next week. Yeah, so if you miss a show or you just want to listen to the magic again, it'll be replayed on Friday, 2pm PNG time, or you can catch all of our episodes on the Radio Australia website. Don't forget, if you want to catch more coverage of Pacific Sports and, of course, my lovely co-host here, Sarah Nangama, then tune in to That Pacific Sports Show Wednesday night, 7pm PNG time on ABC Australia or catch up anytime on ABC Australia iView. Well there. Talk to you. Can you be more Pacific? An ABC Sport production... For ABC Radio Australia. This program has been funded by the Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade.